0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here, and I've got my lovely friends with me today. Nick Sutrick, hello, hello.
1: Good afternoon.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed, it is a good afternoon. I've got Andrew Myrick. We're back. You're back again. We've missed you on this podcast.
2: Yeah, y'all ditched me last week. It's all good, though. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and we've got Derek Lee. Hello, hello.
3: Yes, last but not least.
0: I save the best for last, obviously. Um, okay, so let's get started. We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I want to go kick things off right. You know, right where we should start, which is um, Google's big announcement last week. Uh, or I can't. Was it no? It was two days ago. What am I talking like? Time I don't even understand anymore. Anyways, we know that Google's AI chatbot, Bard, has now been made available to the public. Um, you can sign up to be on the wait list, but people will be accepted on a rolling basis. Google says you can use the chatbot to, quote unquote, boost your productivity, accelerate your ideas, and fuel your curiosity. And Google says it wants to get feedback from people to improve the software. So what do you guys think of this fact that they are making it public? I don't, I mean... I think, yeah, it's a little late because Microsoft has already done it, but I, the thing that I worry about the most is, um, you know, the level of inaccuracies and issues that could come with going public.
1: I, I love watching Google get pushed into this. <laughs> I don't know, I just, it's, it's interesting because I feel like, especially on the smartphone front, there were so many times where Google was way ahead of everyone else, well, you know, almost to a fault. And this time around, They took it so cautiously and this time, you know, it's, it's Microsoft that's going, all right, uh, AI in everything go right now, tomorrow.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting. And I mean, like, I feel like, I mean, I'm sure Google was, you know, has been pretty ahead as, as far as like, you know, their work in AI, but to the public eye, it looks like Google is, you know, uh, Following after Microsoft, and especially after all the hype around Chat GPT, um, now it just looks like Google's like, you know, scrambling to get something together. Yeah, and
0: it's. I think that the other interesting aspect is I think, and maybe I don't know if, if this commentary has been made um, by anyone yet, but I think I think it's interesting that Google is is rushing to this because. Um, I mean, obviously they feel very threatened, but I think it's because they know search so well. Like they they have dominated the search space for so long that um, they don't want anyone to come up with an idea that could actually knock them off the number one spot, if that makes sense. like. Oh, for and, sure. and if we notice with, right, if, if we notice with all of these other hardware products or whatever it may be, like, yeah, they may take their time or yeah, they announce things, but it almost seems like, This is like the first thing where first time, at least from what I remember or know of, you guys probably know more than me, um, that they actually rushed to get something out as soon as possible.
3: Yeah. And I mean, they definitely feel threatened, I think, because, you know, a month after Microsoft put out uh, Bing GPT or whatever we want to call it, um, you know, they announced that like, oh, yeah, we have we now have like 100 million active daily users or whatever, which is still small compared to Google, but it shows that, you know, people are interested in this and that, you know, Bing is growing. And um, which is, I don't know, after years and years of Bing being kind of this joke, now it's like, it's still, I mean, it's still kind of a joke. You know, people are, you know, Chat GPT is kind of here or there, but now people are starting to like see Bing as like, an actual thing.
1: Right. And I don't know how many people are actually using like regular Bing search. I'd love to see those breakdowns versus people using this new chat version of search, right? Like if if that a portion of that 100 million daily users is like a significant portion is the chat versus regular text box, you know, you ask it for a URL kind of thing. Um, I also think it's interesting that Google is responding to this so quickly. When we've seen other, uh, I guess, services, I guess to say, like TikTok, who are maybe a little less traditional of a search engine, really eat away at Google's, uh, you know, search empire. Well,
3: Google did respond to TikTok with um, with shorts. Um, Yeah, it's just it's just, you know, and it's taken off fairly well. I think uh, Google's um, implementation or their strategy around it. could be a little bit better, Um, but I feel like they responded fairly quickly with shorts.
1: They they did, but I feel like people use shorts a different way than they use TikTok.
3: Right, and I think that has to go with, you know, how Google is, like, their strategy around shorts, and maybe they just need to refine what shorts is.
0: Well, I always had this thought about... um, TikTok. Well, I mean, we we we're, we're going to talk about TikTok later on in this podcast, but yeah, um, I I always have have said this before that, um, you know, people do use TikTok as a new type of Google search. I posted in our group chat last night. Um, I I follow this this girl on TikTok. Um, she's I guess a influencer or may, I don't really I don't understand what she does to be very honest like she just does like <laughs> she might not that's
3: how I feel I about I all TikTokers
0: I, I don't <laughs> right? I don't understand but essentially you know I was watching this her get ready with me video or whatever and she says a statement and it's not even like the first thing she says it's like right smack in the middle of of a video of her video and it's very casually said she's talking about how she wants to take this new kind of pilates class and she basically says that she she's literally quote unquote she goes but tiktok is also like my google and she literally just puts it in the middle of her video casually says it and she has 2.1 million followers and i'm not suggesting that like you know, all 2.1 million of those people are going to stop using Google. I don't necessarily think that you know this is going to stop people from doing search at all. But I think it says something. It speaks speaks to the fact that there are people on this platform who use TikTok as as another type of search.
1: She read your article. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you you're the very one that said it too. That you you use it that way. And I remember I that, that yeah. blew our minds and we've talked about this several times now. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> you know, you, you can use this like this. I thought it was just for, you know, mindless entertainment basically.
0: <laughs> but I think what I'm curious to know from you guys, um, and I think this is sort of, this is the question that I think we should be asking, which is, um, is, is Microsoft's Bing GPT or Bing chat, what whatever you want to call it. I don't know what they're calling it, but sure. Is that going to be your official competitor to a Google search? Because I wouldn't say that using TikTok as a type of search would be a viable competitor. I do not think that is the case. I think, you know, when you do a Google search, you get far more information and knowledge than if you were just to do a quote unquote Google type search on TikTok. So I do not think TikTok is a viable competitor. But I think the question that we should be asking, and I think we've been asking this for a while now, is as we've seen Microsoft progress in and being aggressive with this Bing GPT stuff, do we think it's really going to be a viable competitor? I
3: think it all depends on what you're <clears throat> on what you're searching. Um, like with TikTok, I feel like there's a certain you know there's there's a certain uh, sorry there's a certain like demographic that uses tiktok and i feel like depending on what you're looking for you're going to go to tiktok um depending on the kind of search that you're doing i feel like you're going to go with a google search um but um like the other day i was just playing around with bing and because i was i had been trying to plan a trip to spain for the summer and um you know one of the things i kept trying to figure out was you know, all right, there are three cities that I want to visit, but one of them I definitely have to go to because I'm going to a wedding. But I have to figure out, like, how am I going to get to all three cities and then, like, fly in and fly out of which city? So I asked uh, Bing, like, all right, what's the best way to do this? Um, and it gave me a pretty it, – it, it gave me, like, I think, like, a couple different um, ways to go about it. Um, but, like, I think it's, like, searches like that. Um, where like you kind of need to be a little question more specific, huh?
0: I I have a question for you. When you did that search, <clears throat> was the response um, conversational or was it like because you could do the same type of search on Google, right? And it'll, it'll be like it will it'll probably take you to Maps and then also connect you to like flight routes or whatever. Um, but I'm wondering when you asked Bing, like, was the response conversational? <laughs>
3: yeah um and it it was a while that i a while ago that i did this so i don't exactly remember um the specifics but it was more of a conversational um thing and i i don't know i i think it just made it easier to um to absorb the information and to like and to like Mm -hmm. look at it read it and say okay this is a viable option for me um instead of like me having to like Mm go through all these different like results and like figure out, all right, like which one of these like articles has my answer. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was more just being telling me than me having to look for the answer.
0: Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. And I guess we'll have to see how Bard fares with stuff stuff like that. But okay, I wanna wanna talk about, um, I, I wanna keep talking about this, but um, I'm going to transition into an article that you wrote, Derek, and um, it got published this morning. We're recording on Thursday. Um, it's called, it's titled, Microsoft should put Bing with chat GPT on Wear OS, beat Google to the punch. And I found this article to be very intriguing because I have not read anyone really talk about what this means. Um, but why don't you explain to us your thought process, like? Because we do know that there are third party developers, if I'm not mistaken, I think Nick, you wrote this article, but, uh, or one of our news freelancers, um, of of the ability of putting Chat GPT on Wear OS watches. But it was, again, uh, a third party developer and you basically just do search. You're not actually really, it's, it's not anything exciting or fresh. So, but you had a, a very intriguing thought process when you were writing this. Why don't you walk us through that?
3: I mean, it was, honestly i think it was pretty simple it's it's you know i saw that there was this like third party app that you know is available on wear os um although now i think it's like down or something and um you know i saw that this was happening and i saw that there was another one for um, the apple watch and i was like well i mean why doesn't microsoft you know if microsoft is enjoying all this you know all these new users on bing you know the company should just run with that and put bing with chat gpt on wear os um like and mainly because like you know it's cool that we have all these other third-party apps coming onto the wearables um but i think it's more just that like i would be more inclined to put bing on my like an official microsoft app on my smartwatch Mm -hmm. than i would these other apps um,
0: but I think the the thought process was also because we're yet to, to hear about any yeah. watches receiving yeah. Google Assistant.
3: Um, yeah, because, you know, Wear OS 3, um, unless you're using a Pixel watch or a Galaxy watch, you don't have access to uh, Google Assistant yet. Which, you know, it's been months and months. And there's still no... Uh, Update on that, and so it's kind of just like you know, while we're waiting for Google to bring this to other smartwatches, Microsoft might as well just swoop in and give us Bing Chat, you know, as like an alternative because Fossil has Alexa, um, you know, uh, Samsung has, you know, in addition to Google Assistant, has Bixby, um, and I feel like you know, Google, uh, Microsoft has already such a presence on Android that, um, you know, this wouldn't hurt, you know, um, putting, putting Bing on a smartwatch cause we don't really have Google search on a smartwatch. Um, we just have Google assistant. So, I mean, putting Bing chat, I feel like would just be an alternative.
0: Hmm. What do you, what do you guys think of that?
1: I told Derek, I love this idea because it, just because Google has dropped the ball so much on assistant Um, on Wear OS 3 specifically, right? I mean, really just on Wear OS in general. Assistant's been horrible on Wear OS for a long time. It wasn't until Wear OS 3 where it was actually usable. Like I I actually like using it on my Pixel Watch, which is not something I've ever said since they first put Google Assistant on a watch, right? Um, But the problem is it's only available on technically three models, right? Galaxy Watch 4, Galaxy Watch 5, and Pixel Watch. I th- right, Derek? Everything else with Wear OS 3 does not have it still? Correct. Yeah. And then we have Fossil's watches, which only have Alexa. And I think all of them do, right? They have Wear OS 3? Um, all of them have Alexa or not?
3: Yeah, I believe, yeah, any Fossil branded watch or any fossil any watch under the Fossil group. So Skagen yeah, we'll, we'll and have Michael that. Kors.
1: So, I mean, it's, it feels like such an obvious move when... Microsoft, like I said earlier, is already like, let's put AI in all the things, get Bing chat on Wear OS now, and people can make it a default. And then, my gosh, like all the cool stuff you could do with it. I, I guess, you know, the limitation right now with Bing chat is you can't uh, tie it into your smart home gadget right, like yet. You can't control other things. But yeah, Microsoft doesn't have a platform for that yet. But so that's, that's also
3: what we have, you know, the Google Home
1: app for on Wear OS. Right, yeah. So that, unless you use your watch to control your smart home, which I don't think I've ever done. (laughs) I mean, I've tapped the Google Home app on it, but not with my voice, right? Yeah, I've never
3: never used Google Assistant. You know, I have a Galaxy Watch 5, and I don't use Google Assistant at all on it. If I'm going to control my smart home, I just use the, the Google Home app.
1: Right, and typically I feel like if I'm, controlling anything in my smart home with my voice I'm already in a room with a speaker so mm. I don't that find too. myself in a situation where I need that functionality
3: right but putting chat GPT is and what I said in the article is that like it's not necessarily a, a replacement of Google Assistant it's more just an alternative like something to have in the interim because it's like kind of the new cool hip thing and You know, just have like, I I just feel like just having that access on your smartwatch to like this cool new AI is just, you know, something interesting. Like you could just ask it a quick question and it could, you know, spout the answer to you and, you know, you go on your way. But um, yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say.
2: I think why we haven't seen this happen yet and why the Wear GPT app is still limited is that even with it being integrated into Bing, there's still too many situations where it's my favorite phrase when it comes to all this is confidently incorrect. Mm. Even even when chat GPT, Bing GPT is pulling from Bing results. There are, I've seen, we've all seen the different examples of you're using Bing, but the results that GPT provides are still incorrect. Whereas I would prefer to have like barred and integrated better and deeper into into Google Assistant which supposedly the two teams are working together uh, I just saw a report from yeah I think but, 9 to 5
3: but I I from what I've seen Bard is seemingly less accurate than ChatGPT um at least from what I've seen I don't I I haven't really compared the two um but I mean Ch- I I feel like ChatGPT isn't Yes, it does get a lot of things wrong, but also still gets a lot of things right.
2: You have to also remember that Google's in control of the faucet here. So they they can they have control over how much information is shared with this Lambda model, the large language model, right. and how, how much isn't. Whereas I don't know how much control Microsoft has. I mean, obviously they have enough, but... Google's I, I'm I, I don't know. I, I think I understand what you're saying, but I I think that it's also Bard just came out 2 days ago. Right. Google's still figuring out where it's trying to avoid any bad press the way that we saw ChatGPT by itself and then what happened, everything that happened with Bing in a negative connotation after what happened during their when Google like rushed to do that like presentation for Bard a month or so ago. They don't want any more of that bad that bad rep basically so i think bard's going to get better but it's also been two days since it's been available for the public
3: right sure. but I, and that that's exactly why i think microsoft needs to move now um uh, because it's still very new uh, bard is still very new and you know chat has at least on bing has been a thing for you know at least a little over a month now and we like it's still very much like. A preview like it's still I still think it's like a beta or whatever and I think as my, as long as Microsoft is clear on that then I don't I don't really see a problem I mean because Google is essentially doing the same thing with Bard anyway
0: well maybe this just means that Microsoft will come up with their own smartwatch and call it the surface watch Ooh. and have Microsoft Microsoft's version of this as their assistant and then I mean I don't know if that will ever happen because you know we know their track record of hardware yeah
2: Yeah. Cortana reincarnated oh gosh
0: and (laughs) and what was that
3: that surface band or whatever it was called
0: yeah but you know it would still be kind of cool no
3: that would be cool like because there have there like there had been rumors that Microsoft is working on like an actual foldable surface and i think at one point like maybe even just a regular surface phone but like a surface wearable would be i'd it, buy that it
1: would be interesting
0: <laughs>
3: i still
2: want the i still want the surface duo or the the was it the neo the two screens yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, yeah, that's I mean. what i want that's yeah I, I,
0: that was a great that
3: was we'll hold great, off yeah, on yeah. the uh, on the
2: wearable give me that first please
3: but like yeah like a uh, a uh, 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 surface wearable like with its own sort of like being assistant? Like
0: I don't know. Maybe mm. it could be something. You never know. I like
3: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I wanna talk about uh something that was written by Michael. Um he's not here to talk about it, but I think we all can talk about it because I know Nick you've had a lot of um chatter about this. Uh so basically Michael wrote an article and it's titled, It's impossible to review security cameras in the age of breaches and ransomware. And uh I mean apart from the fact that Michael is a fantastic writer and this article was just so fantastically written, um I don't know if fantastically is a word. Is it is it a word? Fantastically? It is I think
3: now
1: it, I, sure. It is
0: okay sure. Yeah we're we're making it a, a word.
1: Um just, just act uh, like chat GPT. But what, what was Andrew's line? <laughs> Confidently
3: <laughs> what? Confidently accurate. Confidently
1: accurate,
0: yes. Um, apart, aside from the fact that he's a fantastic writer, um, I think this article really makes you think a lot about what it means to be a tech journalist having to review specific devices. So um, I don't even know how to break down this article, Um, Because I don't even know all the things that are going down. So maybe, Nick, you're probably better at breaking down the issue. Um, And then we can talk a little bit about uh, uh, Michael's article.
1: Sure. So I think he was uh, inspired to write this after the latest stuff, right, which is Ring's, Mm -hmm. Uh, both the ransomware attack, um, which was not on Ring's network, but it was on a third party partner that Ring works with, right? Right. Um, in addition to the uh, very consumer unfriendly changes they're making uh, as far right. as their subscription service goes. And that coupled with the stuff with Arlo earlier this year, the stuff with Ufi later uh, later in the year of 2022, uh, I could go on for a while, right? The, the point is, it feels like all of the companies that we sort of trusted, I guess, barring maybe... Google, in this case, I think Google is the only one that really hasn't had uh, some sort of breach or issue like this. Um, But, you know, Google also didn't put out great products when they had that refresh in 2021. Mm -hmm. And they fixed a lot of those since then. But a lot of these smart home security products that people have bought and loved and they feel like they get ruined after a few months, a few years, like something is inevitably going to go wrong. And it's almost like, okay, can we really put our money behind and our trust behind this system of devices that has been created where you buy a smart home device that's supposed to allow you to access feed from your home at any time, in any place. But it's also reliant on the cloud and it's reliant on a company that may or may not make enough money to stay around, mm-hmm. you know. And then when that happens, the inevitable is either they go out of business and then all your stuff is a paperweight mm-hmm. or what has happened with a lot of these companies where, oh, right, well, we got we to gotta tack a subscription onto this or now we're going to basically take all your features away unless you pay for the subscription, right? They, they can't make the devices useless on purpose unless they go out of business. but
0: Right. And I think that kind of sparked this editorial idea, um, by Michael. I'm going to read the first two paragraphs because I think it kind of adds a little bit of knowledge and idea and weight into our conversation. So this is, this is what Michael has written. I've been waiting for the right time to review some old indoor security cameras for the past several months. It's not about the brand and he in brackets puts blank. Or the cameras, which work quite well thus far, it's that every time I prepare to write about them, news like the recent Ring ransomware attack or Eufy's insecure network would emerge, and I would kick my security camera views down the road. Why? Because I've become increasingly uncomfortable recommending any security camera when knowing whether or not the back end is secure uh, has has become something only bug bounty hunters and clairvoyants could safely tell you so the point that he's basically trying to say is it almost feels like now as tech reporters and reviewers we have to know so much more knowledge to be able to write reviews and i know with android central like nick andrew uh derek you all you know work really hard and go really in depth with your reviews you look at spec sheets you really understand the product but now when it comes to security cameras I guess Michael's trying to say is like we also have to be security experts and we're not security experts and it's adding this added layer of difficulty to be a tech reporter I'm not a reviewer that's not something that I do so I'm going to hand the mic over to the three of you guys because you guys do a lot of reviews so, what did you feel about this article, and do you feel the same way when you're writing your your reviews on specific um devices?
3: What I will say is that there is it's it's a little um i don't know if ironic is the right word that like it's these security cameras that are having these security problems
1: <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> I don't know just something hilarious about this and i i'm I'm personally someone who doesn't use them so I've I've not really been following this as
1: closely as I should, but I
3: just I just think it's hilarious to be honest. I yeah, that's really
1: it. That's fair. Um, going reading through this as you were reading that, right? I, I kind of flipped the article, so the point I made was closer to the bottom of his article. Hmm. Um. Whereas in the beginning, he focuses a little more on the fact that we can't trust a security company, which, like Derek, it says is ironic to give an honest assessment of its cybersecurity. Um, and I think that's obviously the the other half of this, like you were saying, is that at, either as a reviewer or a consumer, most of us are not back-end tech-savvy enough to be able to affirmatively state that, yes, this camera is sending its video securely to your phone, to your computer, to your Google Home, whatever, right? And that degree of the lack of knowledge, I guess, on consumers' parts, on everybody else's parts, whatever, just not being able to know for sure that what this company is saying is true has become a little scary, right? Because some of these things are uh, pretty private, And we've said before, don't ever put a camera inside your house, but, you know, not everybody's going to listen to that, and that's going to bring about some possibilities that down the road if somebody gets a hold of the video, or in other cases, um, I'd have to go back and and find in our chats, but um, Jerry was citing this case where the police were pulling video from this person's ring cameras that were inside of his house because he committed some kind of crime and they needed to... Get the footage of it right, Mm -hmm. and that's great for the court system. But as an individual whose home is supposed to be private and whose recorded videos from cameras are supposed to be private, it makes you kind of wonder: like, is this going to get turned on people who aren't guilty? You know, this is a case where somebody's probably guilty. They needed the evidence to prove it, but it it almost goes back to that minority report type of thought, where it's like, oh, are we going to have the thought police in here saying, all right, let's go grab this guy's camera footage because he committed some political crime against the majority party, right? (laughs) Like, mm -hmm. it really doesn't take that big of a leap to get to that point. And not being able to be sure if your data is actually secure and actually uh, unable to be reached by law enforcement or third parties or whatever is not great.
0: Do you think that we need... I mean, our industry is changing so much, but, and what I, what, what I found interesting when I joined Android central was that everyone on the team, apart from me, um, had some sort of job connection to what they were writing about, right? Like Nick, you, you worked in it and like, right. so you kind of understand the back end of, of the things that you review, um, and I'm not saying, oh, like ev- anyone we hire next has to have that that requirement. But I'm wondering if that's where there's going to be an evolution, specifically for tech reporters and journalists who are writing about consumer technology to have that background if they're going to get hired. Again, I'm not suggesting that, that it has right. to be, but I'm wondering if that should be a requirement.
1: Uh, maybe, but I think more on the consumer side of things, I, I almost feel like it would be more helpful to have... Third-party agencies that do employ people, whose jobs are just to test this stuff and prove if things are safe or not, and maybe that is more of a a, a journalistic side of things. Um, I don't know how we would qualify that, but I think with any of these questions that we have about a company's security, all, all the other stuff that we're talking about, I think having that third-party group to go in that has no affiliation, that's not gonna be slanted one way or the other. Having well, yeah, them go in. Well, yeah, I was
0: gonna in... say, yeah, they, they would definitely not have, cause that, that's the other worry that you would have is that a company could go to them and be like, hey, like, you know, make sure that you give us a good review kind of thing.
1: Sure, it, I don't know if it would have to be a nonprofit or, or what it would be just to ensure that their books are public, right? People can check and make sure they're not getting kickbacks from yeah. uh, companies to, just to make good reviews or whatever.
3: Yeah. I feel like as someone who reviews products, like, you know, I don't consider myself necessarily an expert in smartphones or in wearables, which are the main things that I review. Um, but I, you know, the way that I do it is I, I do it from the perspective of a consumer. Um, because I'm not necessarily an expert, although I do play with a lot of phones and and smartwatches, um, but when I when I'm using these, I'm using them as a consumer, so I'm going to be thinking like a consumer when I'm reviewing them, mm. um, which is why I think like I agree with Nicola like I think it should be on someone else to kind of go into that sort of nitty gritty. Like I think we have, I don't, I don't, I feel like don't we have like someone else who does like the the benchmarking stuff for us like i don't like that stuff that i don't do i don't know how to do i don't know really anything about the benchmarking um, yes but i believe that we have someone else who does that for us which yeah, i think is have, great because you know has a i wouldn't department. know yeah i wouldn't know where to even start with benchmarking or how to talk about it and frankly as a consumer you know, thinking as a consumer, I don't really care. I just want to know that it'll work well when I use it. And that's when I'm reviewing a product, that's what I focus on is, does this work well for the consumers that this phone or device is targeting? Um, I, I, It's like I, I kind of rarely think about that extra stuff.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and to answer your question before, Future does have a labs group who goes and benchmarks all sorts of stuff and... Um, I know a lot of us regularly reference those numbers in our reviews because it's quite literally a lab environment. Like they they go and they test these things the same way every time. It's in an, you know air conditioned, heated, whatever environment. Um, it's not real world testing, if you will, which is what you and I typically do when we review a product. We right, which is like why I don't really. Would.
3: Yeah, which is why I don't really like use the benchmarking stuff because it's not really real real world right um and and also because i feel like it's a certain type of consumer that's r- gonna really care about that kind of stuff um sure and when i'm writing these reviews that's i mean frankly that's not the kind of consumer that i'm really thinking about i'm i'm, I'm thinking i'm thinking more along the lines of all right you know if someone's looking for a new phone they're going to google okay and cheap android phone I want them to be able to find, you know, a review that I wrote on an affordable Android phone so they can figure out whether or not it's right for them. Um, But yeah, when it comes to like, you know, and and again, I've never, I've never used any sort of like security camera or anything like that, but like, you know, with all these problems that are popping up now, it does sort of add like an extra level to how we have to think about those kinds of products, which I don't necessarily think should be put on us. But at the same time, I mean, we do have a responsibility to talk about it. Um, but yeah, it, do, it does make it harder for us to to review these kinds of products.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a, it, it was an interesting article. And I think it just um, makes you want to think a lot about whether we should be reviewing specific things, especially when we don't have all the knowledge for it. Um, And maybe talking to an outside company who does have the knowledge for it would be able to help us. I don't know, I just think it's kind of interesting, but anyways, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be back. We have um, a bunch of other really cool things that I wanna talk about. So stay tuned. Indeed is the hiring platform you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because candidates you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire you need Indeed. Okay, um, so I think we talked about this um in last week's podcast, uh, maybe I can't remember. No, we didn't. I can Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, we didn't talk about this, but um, <laughs> I know that uh, Derek, I had I I got confused when I was asking you to do this poll, but. Derek, basically you wrote a poll and the the poll question was, do you prefer flat or curved displays? Um, And it was uh, based off of a rumor that was floating around that the Pixel 8 Pro is reportedly flattening the curve. Um, And per the poll, um, 84.36% preferred having a flat display versus uh, 15.64%. preferring a curved display um, I, I mean that's a very big clear indication that you know that's what people want and I want to hear what you guys have to say about that what do you guys think also curved phones no I don't I don't think I like it no. No. <laughs> what do you guys
3: think also no <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't I don't like it I don't like it no
1: yeah I um <sighs> I liked curved phones at some point Um, when Samsung initially showed off OLED displays that can fold and they launched that Galaxy Note Edge, right? Wasn't that what it was called? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I liked that idea because it was only one side of the phone and on it they had all these cool little, uh, you know, gadgets. They had like a notification ticker and all kinds of... Just interesting stuff, Um, fun little experimentations. I always like when companies do stuff like that. They just experiment to see if people like it, to see if it's a good idea. Great. Love it. Um, Throughout the years, though, we've started getting phones that have way too many curves on the glass. And aside from making a phone more slippery than it needs to be, it's also problematic for screen protectors. and. I've only recently found a screen protector that is not a pain in the butt to install, is not super expensive, uh, et cetera. Like, there are a lot of issues with curved displays around just normal use, and I don't think they really make sense to have anymore.
3: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was all just here, my phone is pretty, you know? Sure. But there was no, like, Like, yeah, at one point, you know, yeah, when, when they were, like, deep waterfall, like, uh, curves, sure, there was, like, some sort of functionality to, like, having that curve, which, I mean, I don't know if you could really call it a function. (laughs) function. (laughs) It was just like, oh, you can, like, swipe from all the way over here and, like, whatever, but, like, there's, there's, it's just, I don't know. I, I have the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, and the Curve, like, I only got it because, like, it had, like, the best features, at, like, the best specs at the time. Um, but I did not want the Curve at all. Um,
0: you know, it kind of, like... It kind of like cheapens the look of the phone. I I, I want to say that's that's what I would say. That's like, interesting that you like say if,
3: that because it's supposed to be the opposite.
0: I, well, I'm sure it's the opposite. You know, in in terms of how much money it or like the amount of money it takes to produce a phone like that. But I just feel like the look of it looks very che- not. I don't mean cheap in the materials. I mean like. Less classy, if you know. If right. That's that's what I mean I think, by that. I like I don't.
3: It's supposed to at least. I think that's what companies believe is that the curve is supposed to make the phone look premium.
0: Classier, yeah. I don't think so. like I when I see it, it's like no, I don't. I don't like it. Like I almost feel like like sharp edges or like flatter screens look more. Sophisticated, look more classy. I don't know. That's just my own opinion. It's probably wrong. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't
3: know. I mean, when people who were commenting on the poll were like, a lot of them were saying, like, yeah, when this was first a thing, it was interesting and it was cool. But, like, you know, after years of having the curved screens, like, it's just like, it's a gimmick that no one wants anymore mm. um, yeah which is why i see that like the, the you know going from the note 20 ultra which i mean again i love but uh, that curve like just the accidental presses are so annoying and like you know it would force me to have to use my my case uh which would minimize it but sometimes i just want to feel my phone you know um, it's fair. Yeah. And with the Pixel 7, or I have the Pixel 6 Pro, and that, that is, ugh, God, I love just touching that phone. It feels so great. Um, but, you know, even with that slightly less curved curve, um, its I still get, like, accidental, accidental touches every so often, and it's just so annoying. And I'm so, like, if Google does go with the flat screen, I'm just... I'd be super happy because that means, you know, I can get the best pixel phone without having to deal with the curve, the dreaded curve. So let me
2: tell you why all of you are wrong. Okay, first of all.
0: (laughs) No, I love it because this is what's so great about Andrew. He will only say something when there's something important to say and he comes out with a bang. So let's the mic is the floor is yours, Andrew. Go for it. (laughs)
2: Curved screens only belong on big phones, and the best curved screen that I've used, not China, I haven't used any Chinese phones, uh, is the Pixel 7 Pro. Samsung got closer (laughs) with the 23 Ultra, but I do not, as someone who carries both the 23 Ultra and the 14 Pro Max, I don't want a flat screen on a display that's almost 7 inches. Foldable phones notwithstanding, that's a different thing. Why though? Why? Cuz it's there it's not comfortable to use. It's I feel like the finger gymnastics when I'm using my iPhone versus the the 23 Ultra even though the Ultra has the bigger screen, it's easier to handle with one use with one hand
0: mm, compared okay. to
2: the, Cause the... It's
0: so- I guess because the curves make it like softer to hold maybe, I guess. Yeah, like I don't have
2: to dig the phone into the corner, like the palm of my hand just to like reach right. an app that's across the, the screen.
0: Right. That makes sense. I, I
3: don't know. I, my, my Note 20 Ultra is, has the same size display and I still hate using it because.
2: Well, like Get bigger hands.
3: My hands are pretty big. Um, okay,
0: anyways, I don't care about anyone's hands. I want to hear what Nick has to say. <laughs> he was about to I say mean, something. I don't know what I was
1: going to say. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at this Pixel 7 Pro and like trying to finger gymnastics it, as you put it, right? Like, I, I, I just, both the, the 7
2: Pro and the 23 Ultra are more comfortable in the hand than the the And part of the iPhone's problem is the fact that it doesn't have um like the the frame isn't curved it's all flat it, it's flat mm. ev- like it just comes to an edge and uh, uh, yeah. slightly <laughs> rounded so it doesn't actually cut your hand but
3: although with the uh the pixel 8 pro i think there's still going to be like a curve to the frame
2: i still would prefer me personally i <clears throat> i think with with a bigger dis- with the bigger display you're i think it'll be better served with even the slightest curve use the curve from the 7 pro Or flatten it out just a little bit more. I just think that, especially when using gestures, which is what I really like about using Android phones and the back gestures and everything, is that I can feel with my finger that I'm hitting the curve, so I know that my gesture is going to do what I want it to do.
3: Oh, no. See, the gestures is a problem for me because, um, again, when I'm using a curved screen phone like my Note 20 Ultra or my LG Wing, Um, Let it go. I always get, I always get the accidental, like um, it, it's always I'm always doing something, and then I'll accidentally graze the curve, and it'll back me out of whatever I'm doing. Um, see, I don't
1: ever have that problem. Oh, see, I,
3: I have that all the time, time especially
2: with my Yeah, note. me neither.
3: Um, but okay,
1: just, I'm going to
0: retract. I want to retract my statement. Oh well, boy. I'm not going to retract it. I'm going to edit my statement because this, this Andrew, is Twitter.
1: Without blue. Yeah. No editing.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh I'm based off of what Andrew said, because okay, I have played with the Seven Pro, the Pixel Seven Pro, and that phone is a very beautiful phone. And I do like the curviness of that phone. And I think that phone does look classy. But the regular seven um, looks
3: classy too, and it doesn't have a curve.
0: It's yes, it's very classy. Um I guess I was basing my comment off of some of the other like older Samsung devices, but also older iPhone devices, because they used to have, if I'm not mistaken, a curved display until, and then they changed it to a flat one, which is why I prefer the flat one better on the iPhone. I think I'm just thinking iPhone-wise, I would not want a curved display for the iPhone, because I think the way that the iPhone looks now now is classy, and it looks nice.
2: I my favorite phone, looks-wise, foldables notwithstanding, is the 7 Pro. The, the way that it feels, the way that it looks. I, every time I get a new phone, I buy a skin from dbrand because I don't use cases. Because I rely on insurance, the fact that I work from home, and I don't go anywhere. The 7 Pro is the only phone that I, I... I bought a skin for it, and I got the phone on launch day, and I, ne- I never put it on. Because this Pixel 7 mm. Pro and Hazel just looks and feels so good... I don't feel the need to do it.
1: Yeah, I don't have a I case mean, on my seven Pro either. I mean,
3: yeah, I I do keep the case on my six Pro, um, but that's just because I'm clumsy and drop things. But um, as often as I can, I do like like again, like I said, I like to feel the phone because it is a gorgeous phone. Like it feels amazing. Um, but I'm still not a fan of the curve. Like I also have the the regular seven, and it looks just as great without the curve.
1: Related to this. And the iPhone discussion. I've seen several rumors now that say the iPhone 15 Pro is going to have curved edges on its display. Oh, no. And I don't know what that means, you know. I don't know if that means, like, a Pixel or a waterfall display or something way more subtle.
2: I think it's going to be way more subtle, and I think it's going to apply more to the frame than anything else. I wouldn't be surprised if the 15 Pro Max slash 15 Ultra that's also rumored ends up looking similar to the Apple Watch Ultra, which has...
1: Which curved. is like two and a half D glass or whatever, right? And, that, and that's what they used to call it, two point five D glass. Yeah, two point five D. Plus, but yeah. the edges
2: are like they're curved to a point. They're not as curvy as like the regular Apple Watch.
3: Yeah, like the display isn't really curved. It's more just.
2: Oh no the it, it cones up. It's and like and then the it's a flat screen. It's curved. Yeah, I'm looking at it it's the screens completely flat. I was talking more so about the edges like the sides. Yeah,
3: like uh, yeah, like the the bezel is more the curved part and then like the side, like the frame, it's curved. Like at least on like the older iPhones. Um mm. but the, the the display like I I can't picture Apple going with an actual curved display.
0: But okay, you guys correct me if I wasn't like cuz I've had older iPhone models, and they used to have a curved. One, I, didn't I they? don't think
3: so. I think it was always just like the, like that two point five. Or the,
0: or I guess the bottom was curved, not the actual display.
3: Yeah, there was always a curve, to the iPhone, but yes, not okay, on that, the actual display.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Okay. I don't like that. That stuff is not cute. Don't
1: ever bring that my, back. My guess is you're talking about the edges, like the very edges of the phone, where it it the glass. Sort no, of no, no, melts no 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 into the, no.
0: No. I'm not no I'm talking like Derek was right. Back in the day, like the the like first generations of the iPhone, the back was actually curved. Oh, um, that's gross. But yeah, that was sc- gross. Yeah, the f- the screen was flat. But that that's what I was thinking of and I was like, ew, no, we're never that is never happening. But okay. I still st- stand by my statement. I do prefer the flat screen, um, but I concur with Andrew's statement that the 7 Pro is the most beautiful phone, like design wise. I think it's very beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) I want to talk about our last topic, which I think is very topical and, um, and there's a lot, a lot of controversy happening with it right now. So, um, we know today, again, we're recording Thursday, March 23rd. TikTok CEO has appeared before Congress um, being questioned about whether or not there should be a total ban of the app, um, you know, being questioned about the practices and how they're monitoring um, usage and how they're protecting teenagers and yada, 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 like all, all that stuff. Um, and on On Saturday, last week, um, our very wonderful friend Jerry Hildenbrand wrote a fantastic article. It's titled, A TikTok ban isn't about privacy, it's about politics. And I mean, I think this is something that I I think a lot of people probably are aware of, but also probably aren't aware of because I, I get this question asked a lot when I go on TV and on the radio. People are asking me like, You know, why? Why? Like, is TikTok really that bad? Or like, why is this happening to TikTok? And I think what people have failed to understand is that this really is a geopolitical issue as opposed to a technological one. And I think Jerry wrote wrote this very eloquently, basically saying how, you know, this isn't about TikTok, this is about who owns TikTok. And who owns TikTok is a China-based company and we know that there's that weird law in China that states that if you are a China-based company, the government of China can basically take the data from your from that company, whatever data data it is and use it for whatever they want to use it and even even try to enter users' devices through the back end. Um, you know, I, I'm not an engineer. I don't know how all that works, but that that's the conversation. It is a, it is a geopolitical conversation. And I, I wanted to get your perspectives on this. Like, what do you think about this, um, conversation that we're having in the U S specifically, um, it's happening in Canada, it's happening in Europe. Um, and, and your thoughts on Jerry's articles or article, not article, sorry, excuse me.
1: So, Just watching bits and pieces of today's congressional hearing, uh, I think the title of Jerry's article is perfect. A TikTok ban isn't about privacy. It's about politics. And his point in here is that the only reason we care at all is because China is behind TikTok. If this were an American company collecting the exact same data, which we know Many American companies have and do collect the same data. Nobody would care.
0: <laughs> well, that, I think they I think they would care, but there there wouldn't be so much of a hullabaloo as we're exactly, seeing it play like out. The
3: US would not do any TikTok. like they they would make a, you know, a little fuss about it and then they would do nothing about it.
1: Yes, and that that's what I'm saying about nobody is like none of these politicians would even bat an eyelash. just watching all of the politicians corner this CEO trying to get him to say something because they want to be the ones to put in their next campaign that they were the ones that got TikTok to admit that China's spying on us you know that's (laughs) every time one of these politicians opens their mouth and are talking over him that's all it feels like it does not feel like they're actually trying to stop some sort of existential threat to the United States as a country. No,
0: and I think what and I think Jerry makes a good point in that we shouldn't be making this a political thing. I mean, there is the fact of the matter is there is a real legitimate concern of the data that's being collected by all of these companies and not just TikTok. Right. Like it's every app that you download, what kind of information they collect. If you're on Facebook, Instagram, um, what, wherever you're you, you're on the internet, there your your data is getting collected, and I, there needs to be a better crackdown on privacy legislation, on who's collecting that data, all of that stuff. Um, I lost my train of thought as I was saying I, that. <laughs> I just think that,
3: like you know, the U.S. if they're going to be like this, they need to be like this with everyone.
1: Right.
0: Agreed. Yes, um, that that's what I was trying to
3: say. Yeah, yes, like, that is that's my like point. It, cause I don't use TikTok, so whatever happens happens. But um I yeah, I just I I think it's unfair um that they're going this hard about TikTok and yet like all the other all the other companies doing the same things. Like 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 I said, they all kind of just like Oh, we need to do something about this, you know. We're gonna we're gonna put in a, a we're gonna propose a bill, and then nothing will no bill will ever get passed. Um, and yet, everyone
0: is all over this. the The other interesting thing that I'm noticing, um, <clears throat> and I was watching a little bit of this uh, hearing as well, and I think it's just me. <laughs> Um, Or maybe it's some other people too, I don't know. But like, again, I get asked about this a lot and it's like, how can you have a better experience using these kind of platforms that run on an algorithm, right? And that means like not just TikTok, but Facebook, um, Instagram, YouTube Shorts, like whatever, Spotify, yeah. Like whatever app that uses a form of algorithm to present you information, Um, the question is, how can you have a better experience? And my answer to that always has been like, you should cater your experience on these platforms based on your interests and not based on what they're showing you. So, and at one point in my social media lifetime of enjoying it, um, I was heavily influenced by the things that I was seeing on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it was. But as I've gotten older, I have noticed that I really want to be more selective in how I'm spending my time on these platforms. And that means, and this is why I always talk about TikTok and how much I love it, is because I really like my algorithm. And I have actively changed my algorithm to make it work for me. So I'm enjoying it. Like, my algorithm on TikTok is literally cooking food, cooking videos, dogs, like cleaning hacks for the home, above 30 year old TikTok, like, just really like stoner crackhead TikTok. (laughs) I have like, like, I love my TikTok. Like, it's so fun. And as I was watching this hearing, like I'm seeing like screenshots of like anti-government, anti-political, like I have never been on like left or right-wing political TikTok. Like I, I don't want to be on that side of TikTok. I do not like it. It is not something that I am interested in, but i wonder if people would have a better experience if they really understood how to navigate their their algorithm
3: i i agree because like i like i almost welcome like here you know the whole like seeing what kind of posts that i'm like you know liking and like viewing or whatever because like my instagram is also like perfectly catered to me because of the type of posts that i'm pressing like on or the type of reels that yes. i'm watching because now my instagram is my instagram is all uh, like videos of otters and hedgehogs <laughs> two things that i absolutely love um and,
1: and, and dank memes don't forget about the memes. yeah and
3: the, and the dank memes yeah
1: because <laughs> you send them to me all day
3: <laughs> i like i i welcome like collect like if 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 my data is gonna be used to show me things that I love, collect my data. Um, like I like I welcome
1: it. No, I was just saying he sends me dank memes all day that are based off of his algorithm. So yeah, I know they're.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate I mean... it
1: too. So keep doing it.
0: <laughs> I guess the bigger picture is like, I think. Look, I I also like. I strongly agree with with Jerry, which is um, and if he was here, he would be like, stop letting these companies collect your data, protect your data. And I fully agree with him on that. But I also believe that if you are on the Internet, if you have any kind of account um, where you are part of an algorithm, you should cater it to your experience as opposed to it controlling your likes and dislikes. And I feel I feel a little bit disappointed. And again, okay, I'm not suggesting that TikTok is the is great. I think TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, they're all the devil. They all have problems with them. They need to have better security. They need to have better privacy. They need to be helping teenagers and not showcasing awful content that could influence them in, in bad ways. Um, but I would I would be disappointed if TikTok got banned. And, that would upset and me. And that's
3: a that's you know, and before I, I uh touch on that, like um c- cause you said something that like made me think like I remember when I was younger, like probably in like high school or college, whatever, um like everyone everyone would make such a big deal about like privacy and like oh they're collecting our data. And honestly, like I it got to a point where I, I think I kind of just resigned myself to like, they're mm-hmm. going to do this anyways, I'm on Facebook, and I'm enjoying it. And I know that they're going to be doing this. So I might as well make the best of it. And I think I've always kind of had that mindset ever since, which is why I don't think it, like, which is why I don't really care so much about them collecting my data, because I'm going to make the best out of that experience. Um,
0: right, but I think I think if Jerry were here, he would say you should care. He he should he would say you should care. But to hit to Jerry's point, I would say kids should be educated in understanding what it means for their da- for their data to be collected. Right, right? And, I, like, and I
3: and I and I like that Instagram has now finally started like um, implementing, you know, those sort of like features geared towards teens and adults and. Helping to educate, all right, this is how, you know, you can take control of your experience on the app.
0: Actually, you know what, Nick, because obviously I just I literally just thought of this and I don't I can't believe I didn't ask you, but you have kids. I mean I none of I I don't have kids, so I I don't know how I would navigate this, you know, whatever, but do your kids have like a kid's version of like the kids' privacy version of social media, like you know where your accounts are linked, or what, like how do you navigate that as a parent?
1: No, <laughs> but he's but he's only <laughs> nine, so
0: oh yeah, okay, fair. There's no fair reason enough. for okay. him
1: to have it, um, but I'm
0: sure he's going to come to an age where he's going to be curious about it.
1: Yeah, probably. And he has, um, you know, I review kids' phones and smartwatches and stuff for our site, so he has a phone that he plays games on and he has a watch that he wears when he leaves the house. Um, But they don't have social media on them. Um, Do they
0: know what it is though?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. And they're not not like, oh, like they're not curious to like see what it's all about?
1: Right. And I don't, I, I am definitely curious to see how that conversation is going to go when he gets his own phone and when, his friends are asking him to friend them on social media. Like right now, it's, you know, he has his friends on the Switch, which is, you know, obviously not social media. It's, they're playing games together. Um, And it almost makes me wonder too, with with his age, if they're not going to go into the, you know, traditional social media that we think of now, if they're going to stay more on the maybe gaming side of, I just play in my games with my friends and this is my social media effectively right because I, I feel like that was a little bit more like it was for me when i was younger although you know when i was a kid the, the internet wasn't like it was today so it's, yeah for it's sure. not the for sure. same thing by by any means um yeah i don't going to have to come back to that conversation in a few years, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Tell me, tell me your thoughts in a few years. I,
3: I, something else that you said, Shruti, kind of, you know, and this is a question I think I've been kind of asking throughout this whole thing is, you know, if TikTok gets banned, what then?
0: YouTube shorts. Like, like, is <laughs> everyone, reels. is everyone
3: immediately going to go to YouTube shorts? I doubt it's going to be YouTube shorts, but like, well, I, I feel like,
0: like, but here's, here's the thing though, right? Like there's a lot of money at stake with TikTok. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of advertisers who see the potential of TikTok and see the potential of the creators that are on TikTok. I also believe that there are a lot of creators who are solely getting their income from TikTok. Like they don't, they don't have any other platform where they get their income from. And um, that would be, again, I mean, it would be upsetting for them. Like, look, a livelihood is a livelihood is a livelihood, wherever you get it from. And, it, and if it's going to affect you, it's going to be bad. I literally watched the Pornhub documentary on, um, on Netflix over the weekend. And there were a few performers who were basically saying how, like, you know, because there's all this issue around Pornhub, they moved to only fans. And then, OnlyFans was threatening to block adult content, and that was their livelihood. And that's scary. Like when you don't know where your pay- paycheck is coming from, that's scary. I will
3: say that, like, there is one um, guy that I follow. Um, I don't know if you guys know about Fossil Daddy, but um, I'm a big fan <laughs> I don't. of his. Oh um, god! Sure don't.
1: <laughs> well, you should. Is that fossil watches or dinosaur bones? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was gonna say please clarify. (laughs) Um
3: Well uh I I remember I, I he he had posted something on his Instagram or somewhere about how um uh Instagram had taken away this like bonus thing or something like that and and he 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 is like he has his presence on Instagram, on TikTok and um I think elsewhere, I can't remember where else, but I remember he was saying that this is why I don't put all my eggs in this one basket. This is why I have my presence mm-hmm. in all these other platforms because, you know, one of them can change, and you know, if you're only on that platform, then you're you're screwed. And I think that a lot of creators need to need to think about this. Um, you yeah. know, TikTok isn't the only thing that's out there, and isn't the only way to make money. Um, you know, you can, not, pre- you can have so your you can have your presence on different platforms.
0: No, it's not. But I also, like, think about some sometimes, like, I follow, like, older creators, like, people who are in their, like, 60s and 70s who, like, literally, like, it could be a stay-at-home mom who's, like, retired and now is just, like, making cooking videos on TikTok and, like, actually figured out how to use the technology to use it and then now has to learn all these other things to promote, like, I don't know, I just... I just feel bad for creators sometimes, dude. Like, anyways, but, okay, but my question I am still stands this along. Though.
3: I, I, I just wonder, <laughs> you know, if TikTok does get banned, which I don't know if it will or not, but just what comes after that? Because is everyone going to move the reels? Is everyone going to move the YouTube shorts? Like, who's going to benefit from this?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think that's, time will tell. And uh, we'll have to keep watching to see what happens. Maybe there's an editorial idea there for the future. Who knows? <laughs> okay, on that note, I want to talk about the things that made you happy this past week. Who wants to go
1: first? So on Sunday, I took my uh, last beginner's class for uh, this sword fighting school that I've been going to. And it's, it's a historical European martial arts school. So it's it's like... Uh, long sword and then we also do viking combat which is like
0: oh cool uh,
1: shields and axes and stuff and it's uh it's just it's been a lot of fun it's it's one of those things i've seen uh this group in particular at uh one of the big parks over here practicing and i'm really into like uh, music that's along those lines and so it's, it's kind of one of those things that i've always wanted to do and recently signed up for the school, um, and it's just—it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's really, it's really interesting. I
3: love it. uh, a couple things for me—you um, know, Shadow and Bone season two was fantastic. Um,
0: is that based off of a book is. series, or is that sure okay, It is And I
3: haven't read it, but Nick has, and because Nick has, I'm probably going to start reading it. Um, sure but it's a good—it's—it's it's good, like. Season one was great, but season two was even better. So like, I'm just it was it was it was just fantastic. So that made me happy. And then, um, I have a friend who had never watched Lord of the Rings before. So oh gosh, I know it, I haven't
0: either. I actually, you know, I've me? only seen the. Yeah. I've I, I've only seen. Yeah the second movie okay
3: that's my fir- that's my favorite so I mean you're a little but I, did, I
0: didn't know un- I didn't understand anything because <laughs> I went into it without having seen the yeah, first one so I was different. like I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't uh, know
3: what was happening but, um, but yeah he had not seen it so uh, we watched the first one last weekend and then um, this coming weekend we're gonna watch the second um, which I can't wait because um. again it's my favorite and then um, we bought tickets to see the third one in theaters which is gonna happen April 13th I think um
0: cool i know
3: and i'm super excited for that in and theaters then, huh yeah yeah um
0: wow that's really exciting yeah because it's
3: like it's like the 20th anniversary so they're putting in theaters again
0: oh fun oh, yeah, yeah i know
1: i feel old um all these all these 20th <laughs> anniversaries lately are just making i know me. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna go dig a hole in my backyard hold on <laughs> <laughs> and the last
3: <laughs> thing is that um Uh, I feel like I'm like the official cat sitter now because my friend just got a cat and she had me watch him for a while and I'm like his godfather apparently um oh and my neighbor um actually as of today I'm watching my neighbor's cat which is my my third time watching him but it's always just such a good time watching his cat because he's just so cute and orange and He's very vocal, Aww. too. Like, every time I come, he's always, like, meowing at
2: me. And it's just so
0: cute. Aww. His
2: name is Chibi. That's
0: so sweet. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, Andrew, your turn. Do I have to? Yes, you do.
2: All right. Next weekend, I'm going to the beach. It's, like, one of the last weekends for off-season. And me and my wife usually go once or twice per off-season. So we're going next weekend for her birthday. Oh, oh I that's love cute. That. Her birthday was Wait, yesterday. Was
0: it? Oh, well, happy belated birthday, um, if you're listening. But was it? No, that was for your anniversary. You guys went to the place where you proposed, right? Or your first date, was it?
2: Uh, I'm sick, so I don't remember.
0: Oh, okay. Never mind. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> I actually I just, I, 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 we I,
2: went down there, but I don't remember when we went down, like for what it was for.
0: But I just love that you guys go to like places to celebrate things. It's That's just Ocean
2: City. Her family has a condo down there, so we just stay for a couple of days and then come home. Quit downplaying it and that. just enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick,
2: Nick. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not whipping yeah, yeah, around swords ever. and swords and crap. <laughs> and listening to you oh. describe that just made me more exhausted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, okay. Uh, well, for me, I have a, a couple of things as well. <clears throat> um, so we've been watching a lot of really, really good TV recently, and it's making me really excited and happy. I am a huge TV watcher. Um, so I we just finished Ted Lasso season two, and now, I mean, we're watching Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso season three, which is an amazing show, I love it. Um, we finished Blackbird, which is also incredible. Um, we watched the Pornhub documentary that I was talking about, and we also finished the MH three hundred and seventy docu series on the missing Malaysian Airlines air, Airlines flight. Um, oh, I want to watch oh that. It, oh, it's it's good. It's so it's so. I always find when airplanes go missing like so eerie. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's so it's so creepy to me. But yeah, we we watched that, and then. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, and I, actually, I haven't started Mandalorian season three yet. I really want uh, um, yeah, to watch that. I haven't. yet. I
2: haven't started it yet. <gasps> I, haven't, I haven't. Okay, calm down, Derek. Just go watch Lord <laughs> of the Rings.
0: <laughs> 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 I know. I mean, of course, we also finished Last of Us season one. That was fantastic. Um, and it was really good. Uh, and then the the other thing I want to say that's making me happy is, um, today is National Puppy Day, and. And I just, like, I posted, like, images of Jiggy when he was, like, a puppy, and he was so tiny, and it's just, it makes me happy, and it's, like, so cute, and, um, yeah, he's just now turned into, um, freaking a Yeti, yeah. Chewbacca Yeti, I don't know,
3: he's <laughs> <An Ewok. laughs> like, a
0: massive, <laughs> yeah, literally, like, he's so massive now, um, but yeah, that made me happy too, um but anyways okay um on that note as i always say thank you so much for listening to us wherever you are whether it's in the morning afternoon or night i really sorry we really appreciate that you listen to us and we thank you so much and we'll catch you guys very soon bye